1: Well, welcome along to this latest RTGA podcast. We're going to be chatting hurling for the next while, Football a little bit later on. Shane McGrath is with us and huge amount of excitement building around this one, Shane. I think it's just after last week, Munster Championship Fever has taken over. And let's start in Munster because we've got a couple of cracking games to look forward to. Which one are you looking forward to the most?
2: Sure, um, it has to be Limerick and Clare, Jackie. like um, Everything that went on last weekend... Last year as well, I suppose not in between them drawn drawn around Robin extra time in the monster final, and I just think everybody's wondering now.
0: Did you in the league as well? Team didn't are it? Coming
2: to play Limerick in the, that's it like yeah. Mm. But they did Yeah. Well, well, no. There was a six point hammer in the league this year, Rory. Like, oh no, last the, like, year's like, league. Sorry,
0: last year's league. Sorry, apologies. last year's
2: league. Yeah. yeah. So I think um, I think people are wondering Jackie like which player are coming now to play the match. Mm. Like is it the Clare from the monster final or is it Clare? That maybe we seen in the All Ireland semi final against Kilkenny or even to a degree against Tip the last day, and they've lots of questions. Um, it wasn't all bad, like I mean, the score two twenty three, but I suppose it's just it's the five goals, like, and if they concede two goals against Limerick, they they, they they really they really won't have a hope of getting a victory. So I think that's what everyone's wondering. it's a Big big week for Brian Law. Now is he, is he going to stick with the goalie? Is he going to stick with Foodie? Is he going to go back to Quilligan? Is he going to? give Tony a free Roman role because Kyle Barrett did a great job in him, man-marking him the last day and um, Dave have will come back in he'll be a massive uh, boost for him but look I just think that if like have Waterford poked this this beast like you know that people feel that while Limerick won the game and that, that they weren't near anywhere near their best and I suppose they weren't like the stats to prove that they, they only scored 7 points in the second half Jackie, only 3 of those from play a long time, I suppose, in hurling terms or in games terms, that this Limerick group only scored three points from playing a half for hurling, and um, you know, small things like Galen—it's probably the worst penalty I've seen Galen hit—and um, you know, maybe it was just first day outlets, but I just feel that there's a massive thing coming, there's a massive uh, performance coming from Limerick, and if Clare don't bring that monster final performance in more, I, I I could see Limerick winning this by seven, eight, nine points, but that's why that's why I feel that that's. That game is 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 the one I'd be looking forward
1: to the most of the weekend anyway. Mm. It's interesting, Rory. I haven't seen John Kylie as animated as he was after the game ever before. It's clearly got to him. Like he's talking about the hype, he's talking about all the BS that's being talked about this team. The reaction out of him will tell you that, you know, they feel that this is they're under pressure. You you can you get that sense from him.
0: Yeah, they're but I suppose they're under pressure every, like they're there, they're up on a pedestal and they're there to Go after they're the top team and have been you now for a good number of years. From that point of view, they will feel a little bit of pressure. But I suppose what he described it as as a softening up exercise. I don't necessarily think it was that that people were trying to soften them up to the potential of, like you know what hype leads to, which is complacency. It was Jim Gavin's biggest fear in his time managing Dublin, and I suppose Limerick, Limerick are entering into a very similar, um, very similar type of mindset now in terms of the run that they've been on and the dangers of outside noise maybe affecting some of their performance. But, but, but I, I don't know if there was anything too surprising. I mean, I was on here a couple of weeks back. I didn't think this All-Ireland was an open and shut case. I too, I always felt that once we got into championship hurling, that things would level out a, a wee bit. I, of course, they're favourites, and of course, they're raging hot favourites, and it's going to be some team that that eventually takes them down, and that, and that may not happen this year, but be, because they are that bit ahead of everybody else still, and we may we might even see a reaction. But what you will, what, what we're also going to see, and it's only natural, is. The team, it will start to wear and tear. They're on the road a long time. There was a little bit of lethargy, I'd suggest, in their play the last day. They didn't have that same zip. You know, I don't care if you can bench press 140 kilos. Your legs are still the most important thing in terms of getting you around the field in a hurling context. And that was just a a small little kind of a window that said, you know, do they have that same... Go. do they have that same drive and 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 want and will to go that extra bit with all the success that they've had? And if they haven't, maybe there is a window for other teams to step in and and if and if they don't, that is a not only a natural thing. I mean, it's very hard to sustain that level of just that level of sheer excellence that they've been producing for so long without, you know, at some point. A little bit of a drop off, but we could, as Shane said, see see the bear uh, unleash fury this weekend, which is something to look forward to.
1: Yeah. And look, no better uh, team to bring it out of them than Clare, Shane, I would suggest. Uh, so for Limerick, what about that point that Rory makes then about them being that far ahead of the pack? Because I think there are other people who would suggest that Waterford played so well. They showed people a, br- a blueprint of how to beat this Limerick team. And maybe there are chances for people to beat them. What do you reckon?
0: Yeah,
2: there are. Like, yeah, I mean, Watford, like, they brought everything. The intensity was massive. And, um, like, they they definitely woke up Monday morning, David in while, you know, the, the Waterford public, I'd say, Jackie, even listening to people going in along there in Turles, they were saying, oh, if we can keep it down to eight or nine points, that'll be great. We can take that into the Cork game. So I'd say the Waterford public were delighted with the performance, but I'd say the group themselves, when they look back in a Jackie, like, they had nine wides in the second half, like, yeah. you know, and some of them were... They were they were bad wide, you know. After after Gerald sending off, they took the next two shots at goals, and they both went wide. And then Tom Morrissey went down the field and got a point and put it back to a goal again. So they're the small little the small little one percenters as we're talking about to get victory. But look, they've definitely shown everyone else that yeah, you bring in intensity, you 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 bring a desire. Okay, you get your matchups right, and um, tactically it was very interesting what they did. You know, avoided one side of the field for the whole first half really, and um, uh, Kyle Hayes side of the field. Um, as I said, Limerick went short, I think it was sixteen times. By sharp I mean inside the forty-five with the puck out, but they never let Barry Nash get one. It in, so I'm sure those are things Jackie, that Brian Low and them look and they were looking at. That definitely worked. The flip side is you, and I've always said this: like you've the you've the Pep Guardiola of GAA involved with Kinnock, so he's going to obviously look at this and, and and examine it, look at Claire, see where there can be exploited. And he's going to make changes. I don't think Limerick are going to set up exactly the same again the next day, um, Jackie, as what they did against Watford, Because I'd say Paul can will realise we have to change something here, mm. and whatever that might be, would it be someone maybe different starting? And um, we obviously know Declan Hannon's out, so Mike Casey will go in there. But like, will they throw in a Kyle O'Neill? I wonder. And um, will they throw in a Conor Boyle just for something different maybe? And I think that's what we'll see. So you know, I always take Will O'Donoghue will be him and Jamie Barron have had great battles down through the years and to be fair to Will know he's won most of them but Jamie Barron won that battle the other day so he's in a personal sense feeling he has to bring something different as well so I, I, while, while people will feel yeah they can be got at I, I still feel that, um, that the, the, it's, it's a crescendo is rising with him, Jackie I think that the last day, whatever bit of Dirty Diesel maybe might have been there and everybody else is coming up to the pitch now. our championship like Rory said I still think that they will they'll challenge each other now during the week massively. Kylie will challenge them massively. And um, you know, what what a place to be in. You still won the game mm-hmm. and they're and they're probably none of them happy like. So yeah. that's why I feel there's more coming, more coming. Even if you look at their bench lads, you know, and we don't want to talk about Limerick all the time, because I think Claire are coming with a big performance too. They got nothing off their benches regarding scores. If you look down normally, Limerick are getting three, four points, David Reedy, Carl O'Neill. You know, even Colin Cochran didn't see time. He might see more time now again. Whereas Waterford's got a they got a great bounce off the bench. Particularly for me, I think Patrick Fitzgerald has to start at the weekend. Yeah. I know he's young and everything, but he's a serious talent. Ozzy might start as well. So look, I, I I do think yeah, there is areas you can go at them, but because of the coach they have, I think there's there's a few there's a few tweaks coming um, in the Gaelic round Saturday night against Clare, Jackie. Yeah,
1: look, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a cracker for sure. What about Cork Waterford then, Rory? From what we're hearing, this is going to be an absolutely outrageous atmosphere in Porky Cueve. And I think first chance to get a look at Cork as well. Pat Ryan, what, what will he have seen last weekend and what's he going to be thinking coming into this one?
0: It's... A very. The, 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 I was thinking about it last night. Like the first, you're spot on. The first thing is going to be a huge crowd um, and a lot of red. So, uh, and this is where home advantage, I suppose, comes into play, um, which should give give Cork a boost. I'm sure going in on Sunday. But a very con- very different uh, set of circumstances in the dugouts. For instance, you've got one manager who's, you know, really he's making his championship debut at senior level, and you've another manager who's. Very, very much um, wily and a long time on the road. One who's quite gregarious and vivacious and loud, and you know, all all action on the sideline. And Pat would be the opposite. He he's fairly quiet, um, fairly circumspect, but pretty steely too at the same time. And um, I think you probably, I think he, the 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 impression I get from Cork at the minute is very much a Pat Ryan team. There's Little or no talk. Uh, we've heard nothing come out since the league semi-finals. It's very, very hard to put a gauge on what kind of team he's going to pick, given how much he threw at the wall during the league campaign. Who's going to play full back going down? He is suspended. Uh, so that's a big, big problem, given the fact that you might, that, that is a potential weakness. And as Shane said, you're looking at, the potential for Austin Gleeson to start. And a lot of people think that maybe 14 might be the place where he could do some damage. Still have some injuries to clear up, but so many unknowns and so many question marks about Cork in loads of different ways. And I think Jackie, we really don't have a clue and none of them will be answered in any way, in any serious fashion until five to 10, 10 to six on Sunday.
1: Mm. I, yeah, it's hard to get a read on Cork, Shane, isn't it? Because the league, particularly that league semi-final against Kilkenny, I think people didn't really know what they're going to expect of this team. But Rory's right. It's been bubbling away quietly in the background. What do you think we're going to get from him?
2: Yeah, look, I, I, I need to know, Jackie, to be honest. Like, I I, I, I haven't a clue what their team is going to be. And yeah. obviously, <laughs> they do. Like, But I'd say... You're like, some and
1: hip to be talking yeah. about teams and not knowing what they're gonna look like. Uh, no, look, I mean, we're,
2: we were just we we're just doing our best for the alphabetical system to make yeah. just to remind people how important the alphabetical system is that we have to go A, B, C, D, and that's all we were doing, right? <laughs> so maybe maybe we started a new trend uh, there with that. But like I like say I I I heard that uh Shea Kingston mightn't be available, that he's because he's hamstring, that um, Sean O'Donoghue is a serious doubt, okay. Mark Corman obviously is out. Darren Alan Connolly hasn't played a match right yeah. so um, Alan Connolly you know, is
0: out as well which I think is a big Alan, loss
2: so your fullback your your guy who you've gone to fullback uh, Owen Downey so maybe Robert Downey might step in there maybe but I just think it's it's real long grass stuff anyway waiting in long grass stuff from from Cork and Pat Ryan heard nothing about them maybe they're going to come all guns blazing but like I'm just wondering like who who steps in and who has the same influence as Mark Coleman who has the same kind of bit of steel as Sean O'Donohue? Who has the same go-to speed, power, get a score when you need it as Shane Kingston? So maybe they've all those boxes ticked, Jackie. But I just think like Waterford are coming into it in a great place. and um, They have that championship experience. They take great confidence from what they did. I was looking back at it again, like, you know, while they were very, very close. Only two of Waterford's starting forward scored the last like Neil Montgomery didn't score, Mikey Kiley didn't score, Jack Prendergast didn't score, and Conor Dunford didn't score. So I'm sure they'll look at that like and say, "Well, you know, we need to get more of you on the board here. Let's, you, you know what I mean? Like we, I mean, what what was it they score 19 points? It won't win it. It won't win a championship game. And um, so I'm sure they'll look at that. So will they go with Ozzy from the start? Will they Will they go to Patrick Fitzgerald and just throw him in into the? The expense of parky where it's it, it it is getting to kind of top of the ground hurling and that pitch to be fair is, is always in great nick. Um so that, that's that's why I think you know Water coming into it in a, in a better place. Like to, to say on the crowd, the crowd definitely does help lads like it was eight, nine to one to Limerick the last day there. I was walking in along, um going in along from the square and Turles the last year, just popped in, had a bit of time, guy behind me from Dungarvan He says, What do you think today? I says, You know, it's there's a fair Limerick crowd around. He says, um I came up from Dungarvan today. He said nobody would come with me, and I said why? He said, "Don't know." I said it just they just didn't feel it. They felt it was too cold and stuff. And I just that's what I was saying during the week. You know, I I still think it's a bit early, Jackie, to be playing Harlan Championship, and we're we're in the end of April, and there could be teams with their year done. But look, it's a debate for another day. It's a full it's a full debate. And um, I think push it back a few weeks and just uh, and start it in May, and um, maybe Harlan is. He's been forgotten about a little. Maybe they're trying to get it done and dusted. Um, with regards to the bigger picture. But um look, I I I there'll be a massive crowd there. It'll be mainly cork, but I hope the water crowd go and get behind the team. And um, because I tell you what, they, they have a good team, they have a good team, they have a good setup, and um, I think they're in a good place. Tiger Borka, massive loss, as we know, lads. But you know what? Tom Barron came in and he heard very well the last day, and Jack Fagan was fine doing that job. And Caleb Lyons did a super job in Keane Lynch. So I think they'll be while other years, lads, I think they would have been it would have been death if Ty de Borca was out. Whereas now I do think they have the bodies to come in, Jackie. So I think Waffle are going in a great place, though.
1: Yeah. It's funny, Rory, because you'd you'd say in one stage, yeah, they're coming in, in a great place because like they had the All Ireland champions on the rack. They still didn't win it. No. So now they're actually under <laughs> pressure to get a result this weekend. They do actually kind of need to come to Cork and get something because otherwise their championship is, you know, like their their destiny isn't even in their own hands. Then after that, you know,
0: mm-hmm. I, 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 Davy's record against Cork is pretty good in championship with all the teams that he's managed over the while. So and all going all the ways back, I suppose, to the All Ireland final that he won in twenty thirteen after a replay, and he'll fancy this in a big way. But they are under, they have pressure themselves. This is going to be a tricky game. If they lose it, like you could probably say Cork could afford to lose it. But then look at the run that Cork have. Cork don't want to be getting down to the last game and having to go up to the Gaelic grounds, to try and get a result and save their season. Now, look, you don't know what way the round Robin will pan out. And maybe Limerick are already in a final at that stage. But look, that's for another day. No, it's, 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 it's very hard. Like I said before, the last week's one that I felt Waterford were a bit of a mystery I think Cork are as well and you we just don't know at the minute Um, the team that will get picked will probably give us some clue to what Pat Ryan's thinking I think what we will definitely see from Cork is there there won't be any um there won't be any passengers carried anymore if you are not able or not prepared to put in hooks and blocks, chase back, uh, get you get, you know put in a, a proper shift from numbers one to fifteen. You won't be tolerated. Uh, so I'd expect a big up, a big upping in the work rate on that front. Um, but it's just whether or not uh, the depth of personnel is going to be there from a starting 15 perspective and whether or not he's found enough players to add, you know, a little bit more variety in their play, uh, given that Waterford have that championship match already under their belt.
1: Mm, Interesting. Yeah, looking forward to both of those. So Saturday, Limerick, Clare, 7 o'clock. Sunday, Cork, Waterford, 4 o'clock. Let's go to Leinster then, lads. And look, no doubt about it, Shane, the big one, Kilkenny, Galway on Sunday at 2 o'clock in Nolan Park. Henry going back to Kilkenny. There's so many subplots here. What did you make of Kilkenny last weekend? It's hard to get a read on them after the game that they played against Westmead, considering they gave him such a hiding. But where do you think this Kilkenny team are at, Yeah,
2: uh, I, I, I'd say they're in a good place, Jackie. I think, like, getting TJ back and him hitting form, Mullen hitting form as well, scored six points the last day. Um, John Donnelly has carried on. He's good form. He scored four points. Padraig Gualt, I think, is back out to his more natural place of wing back. And I just thought, you know, twenty nine points, okay, no goals against Westmead, but we suppose it's hard to gauge because suppose Westmead were down a few bodies as well, so they went more defensively because they just didn't have they didn't have the bodies, they don't have the strength and depth and penalty in in Lee McCarthy, hurling, and you know, and if it's, it's, if they were missing these bodies, we'd we'll say. In a Joe McDonough competition, they might have gone on and got a victory, but just not at this level. So they probably went more defensively. That's why I think Kilkenny didn't get more goals. They held they held West to seven points. I think they actually only scored three of those from play for the whole match. So I think they'll be they'll be happy enough. I mean, regardless of who you're playing, I mean, you, you just can't beat what a victory does for a team like you know. Um there's better form and training the following week, you know, the, the management are in better form. You know a little bit of pressure gone off i think it's a great start to championship hurling for Derek ling like if his first game was the wexford first game now jackie if it was away in salt hill and, and you don't get a victory the whole dynamic changes whereas it was westmead they knew they were going to win but they had to get the job done they got the job done and you know they have they have as i said like tj's back and he's hurling well, and i think that's massive for the group like because we as far as we know, Paddy Deegan and Billy Drennan are are, are going to miss a couple of games. and um, Paddy Deegan in particular. So, you know, there's two go to guys that they're missing, but just getting TJ back and the confidence lads get from him and knowing that they can get a ball into him. So I think they're in a good place. I think Derek and Derek and Henry it's, it's funny for me. Uh, I think Derek Lee and Henry Shefflin, they're like it, it's like what Dar Egan and Darren Leeson are going to be on the sideline with each other on at the weekend. Like that uh, Derek and Darren Leeson are, are the best of friends like they they travel training together every night over to They they would be very very close you know they were they were both kind of goal in goalkeeping mode so they always had that two brilliant hurling brains and they, you know they would have basically come up um, come up along together like you know and would know each other so well and it, it's the same for me for Henry and Derek like the dynamic the difference in the way Henry is, is approaching the Kilkenny manager this year compared to last year yeah. like and um, with, with the thing with Brian and shaking the hands. Like he's 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 facing up against a good friend of his, like a friend that he played the whole way up along with each other. I think they're similar ages, lads. So that's even that in itself, I suppose, you know, is uh, is is going to be interesting to see how that goes. I think they'll I think they will do whatever it takes. They're both notorious winners. and um, Derek Ling, even as a player, rarely lost against Galway, so he'll be trying to steal him that way. So I think they'll if they have to hop off each other on the sideline, they will, but they'll leave it at full time so uh, Shane, I, Shane, me, Jackie, look, how do Shane, I
0: yeah. Shane, would you say they'd be texting each other this week?
2: No, not texting. They might send each other maybe a small TikTok video, of just what they're doing. Um, and <laughs> they guess what they're going to wear and stuff like that. But I'd say there'd be no texting though. No, uh, no geez. look, it's, it, look, I think those dynamics are interesting. We're all human I mean. too. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? You go out, and you play sports. I'm sure Jackie, you've played basketball, and maybe lined up against someone that you went to college with, was a good buddy of yours, but you just have to park it and you have to move on. So I think all those things said, the Kilkenny crowd, I think, are, are gonna come out in force. I think they'll travel to Nolan Park. Be interesting to see how many Galway people get down there. And um, but I think to answer your question, Jackie, I do think Kilkenny are coming into it in a good place to have their win, to have their man back on the field, TJ. And it just again, what Galway team are coming to the party? Is it the, is is it the Galway team that Played unreal against Limerick last year on our semi final while they didn't win. Um, I mean, if let's say Galway, hypothetically, lads, give Kilkenny to start the start to give to Wexford and it's 2 1, 2 2 to a point, That's another thing, like, that's that's going to be interesting to see. So, but look, it, it, should be, it should be a cracking game. I think they'll both go at it too, lads. I don't think it'll be, look, we'll see you again in the Leinster final because Kilkenny have to go down to Wexford Park as well. And this Wexford team have a good record against Kilkenny at the moment. So, they do. You do? Yeah. They'll both be going guns blazing, lads, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I actually think a huge Galway crowd will go Rory because I think yeah. they'll know that. They'll say, this is the game. We want to win. We want to lay down a marker. And I think Henry, in fairness for his own pride, is going to want to tell him that, lads, I'm not going down there and I'm not losing.
0: Yeah, and they, like I'd probably make them slight favourites to maybe to win the Leinster Championship at this point. So like I think Shane is right. Can there be an element of shadow boxing at this point, given how quickly this whole thing is going to be run off? You probably... Two teams will ultimately end up in a Leinster final, you would imagine, at this point as well. So, yeah, I think that... Will there be a big Galway crowd travel? That's a good question. I mean, the proper dual county, uh, two teams fighting on... Now, I know the football tends to come from a different part to the hurling, but the general GA supporter, like, it's going to be a busy summer if you're a Galway supporter. Very, very busy, I would imagine. Like, they're, they're going to be on the road a lot between football and hurling. So it'll be interesting to see if they do travel. And just one point on support: support is key. It's absolutely massive. I remember a few years ago, Jackie, I was down in the <clears throat> I was down the Gaelic Grounds, Corker playing Mayo in an All- in an All Ireland quarter final or not a quarter final? It was one of these qualifiers.
1: Great
0: yeah. I actually ran Mayo quite close. it was back in the time I think Paddy Healy possibly as manager, but Dunnock O'Connor kicked the score at one stage, and it was about three foot wide. I could see it was wide. The whole crowd could see it was wide, but that was the key thing. The whole crowd, because there was only about forty Cork supporters there and about fifteen thousand Mayo people. And as soon as the ball went wide, the fifteen thousand Mayo people in the Mackey Stand all got up, and I swear now, let out the most vociferous roar I've ever heard. And straight away, straight away, the referee, I think who was Kieran Brannigan at the time, he ran over and he said, well, you better, you better disallow this score here, lads, because it's obviously wide. But it was a really good indication for me of the difference that a crowd can make and how much impact they can actually have on decisions on the field. And I think that will be key both in Parky Cueve. The Gaelic grounds. I think they'll be a good mix. But it will be interesting to see how many Galway people travel because they're, the hurling supporters from Galway wouldn't be great on that front, no, let's be honest.
1: Yeah. Well, look, I'll be just hoping that the umpires can spot a ball if it's three foot wide.
0: <laughs> it, it was, it, it was. Really it fun. was.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh Come here, what about the other games in Leinster then, Shane? Wexford and from Dublin, Westmead. I guess for Wexford, the start that they had against Galway and the way that they were playing, you were thinking, okay, right, Wexford are here now. But the way that they fell away, would you have concerns about this Wexford team that now... The pressure they're under, what they can deliver, because that third spot in Leinster is going to be some scramble.
2: Yeah, and I do, I, I do feel Antrim are, are, are playing him at a at a great time. Um, like will they like Damien Reck and Lee Chin, like Lee, Lee Chin's injury is his AC giant. and you know it's very very hard to come. You have to give that time, regardless, because if he gets one big hit in that, you know, as physically strong as the guy is, I mean, your AC joint, if you get a big hit in it. You're 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 gone again, and you're putting yourself out for another three four weeks. So, like, are they just going to hold Lee like for you know when they have to play Kilkenny like in 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 a, in a couple of weeks in a few weeks time, or and feel that they'll have enough to get over the line here? So, and Damien Rick as well. I mean, they're 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 standout performer really from last year, you know, in that centre back role. So there's two key guys like that that will be different. And um, I I feel the start they made was unbelievable. And um, you know, God, we get the first point, and I think then Wexford are going two two to a point up after that, like or. And but I suppose after that, Jackie, it's, it's what happened after that. They, they made a whirlwind start, but I, they got outscored 23 points to 10 after that thing. Galway just kind of took control. There was there was a savage breeze up in Salt Hill as well. Galway were against it in the first half. Um they went in at level at half time. And I think you know, a lot of people knew then the right was on the wall with the second half with the breeze that was there and the personnel that Wexford were missing, and you know, obviously standout performances then from, from Nile and, and etc. And um, so, yeah, Wexford. I think Wexford will will take heart from the start and how they fought and everything. But I mean, Antrim, like at the other side, like I suppose people will look at the Antrim Dublin thing, lads, and who mightn't maybe fully get it like that. They're like, "What an Antrim great to draw with Dublin." But like Antrim were, after, were were devastated after that match. You know, Darren Gleeson, they, they they were they were so down, like because they knew they were the better team for that for the whole game. Open Corrigan Park they, they brought an in intensity they they used their home uh, venue to, to their advantage and only for Donald Burke getting that goal you know it was a sucker punch like for Andrew. so mm-hmm. while they got the draw and it was important they got the point it could be vital to them they will feel you know what now there's no more moral victories now with this right we're, we're not going to be this team that everybody's marking off as a two-pointer um, we're not going to be this oh we ran on close team and I think that the weekend now is their chance to really show that they showed it somewhat against Dublin, Jackie, but can they do it on the road? It's when they go travel, it's when they travel they don't seem to have the same flair or the same performance. I don't know what it is. But this is their chance now. They have their bodies. Wexford are down a few bodies. Maybe maybe the confidence is low in the county at the moment in, in Wexford between it and um, what's going on. Because they just, they don't have the strength and depth that the top teams have. And when you're missing players of the likes of the guys, they're missing do they have the bodies coming to fill it? Antrim, this is their chance. I think. I think this has potential to be a, a serious game at the weekend. And okay, Antrim, you know you can't, you won't expect the Antrim crowd to go the whole way down to Wexford Park. You know they, you know they, they, would probably be in France as like, You know that kind of way, really. So they're not going to travel the whole way down to Wexford. It, it it will be on them. It'll be a real siege mentality, as in Darren is saying. Look, we know we're good enough now. We have to get this victory. We finally have to get this win that we're threatening to do now for three, four years under, under his shortship in particular. And I think they never had a better chance, Jackie, than what they had this weekend going down to Wexford to finally say, Yeah, we're in the Lee McCarthy and we finally bet you know one of the one of the stronger teams in it. Because you know, they'll earmark Westmeath as a game they want to win. Don't- Dublin was again the should have won, but now here's your chance, lads. There you go. You won't get a better opportunity. So that's why I think this has the potential to be to be a a, a really good game on um at, at the weekend, Jackie.
1: Yeah, look, it's a big one and it's pivotal in Leinster for sure. Uh, Dublin Westmead, the other game as well on Saturday at six o'clock. Really looking forward to all of them. Ah, uh, Shane, thanks a million for your company today. What game are you at this weekend?
2: Uh don't know yet. So hopefully find out soon. So uh, <laughs> we'll see what the Greg is. Uh, so if if we're not if we're not on duty we'll uh, we'll make ourselves we we'll, we might pop into the Gaelic grounds and uh, it's only in the road from us here so.
1: Good well look uh, enjoy it Shane McGrath thanks a million for being with us.
2: Cheers guys thanks million.
1: All right we're going to chat football now then Enda McGinley and Niall McCoy uh, have joined us and no doubt about it the Ulster Football Championship still uh, the jewel in the crown and uh, and I think particularly. I guess Derry, what they've brought to the party as defending champions, Monaghan's performance against Tyrone was just so good. I think that one for a lot of people this weekend is just the one they're looking forward to because nobody knows what we're going to get out of this.
3: Yeah, really, really. A uh, appetizing clash, to be honest. Vinnie Corey has done such a good job of Monaghan. Like it, it was not an attractive proposition for, for many county managers out there like Monaghan struggled to a point and Vinnie Corey stepped into the breach and it was tough for him coming in because he was already involved and obviously would have played alongside the boys a lot Uh, they got off to the rocky start in division one but they've steadied themselves as only Monaghan can Uh, but that performance against Rome particularly the second half like in the first half they were poor there's no no getting away they were poor and flat and loose but whenever they, whenever they really got going in the second half, they showed the full sort of attack and threat that they do carry. Is there still a reliance on Conor McManus for, for the big, big moments? I would argue that there is. Uh, and Derry probably of any team are so good at identifying the key men in the opposition and, and trying to shut them down. And O'Rourke Gallagher, that's a key tenant of his, to pick the two key men and, and try and shut them down. Uh, but Derry, as you say, they... Their progress over the past several years, everybody obviously knows about it. They play, yes, they play that defensive style of football that we all give out about, but there's something very attractive in the way that they do it. They are so intense. They are so on point every single game. The consistency of their performances is arguably better than any other team in the country in terms of continually hitting that level. It's almost boring. You know exactly what you're going to get from Derry. They pose a really strong challenge to any team that's going to try and take them down. And it's up to Monaghan to see what they can do because we sort of know what Derry are going to bring. Uh, It's up to Monaghan to see what they bring. If they bring what they brought in the second half against Rome, we're in for a fantastic game.
1: What do you reckon, Niall? Because I do think, the jury's still out on Monaghan because of those reasons that Enda has outlined. We just saw such a Jekyll and Hyde performance from them against Toronto.
4: Yeah, Jekyll and Hyde, that's perfect. Um, And pretty much their season, I'd seen them early in the season, even in McKenna Cup, and they just looked miles behind. They looked like a team that had a manager that came in really, really late. and Just to turn it around was just fantastic work. And then to go up to Doma and do what they've done was just fantastic. Um, For me, it's you know, Bagan changed that game in that second half. Like, um, they had his influence, and I suppose Kieran Cuse coming in, um, which was, uh, Darn, obviously, went off injured, the brother went off injured, excuse me, and Kieran had such a, I just think he helped him get a lot of possession around that middle sector as well. So between him and Bagan, I thought they just uh, completely twisted that game. But again, <sighs> monaghan it's uh, there's still a bit of a pickle for me jackie i still don't really know just how good they are Um, they have character and abundance i've so seen that they're uh, never see a day attitude we've seen that over the last couple of years um but they do you know michael bannigan's been excellent this year mcmanus accuracy's in his eyes In obviously uh they didn't get much out of mccarn against throne and i think that's one of the big sectors to can see a real improvement on this weekend. But uh, as Enda alluded to, there the the matchups. Rory Gallagher's yeah, just been fantastic at it. And Chrissy McKagan and McCluskey to have two men that can really go to town on the opposition forward. So it's going to be a bit old style where you're going to have these one on ones are going to be really decisive. But uh, if they start the way they did against Strong that first half, I don't think uh, Derry are a team right now that let that control slip. So that first half performance, I think it slides out for Monaghan.
3: But I think they like, have made a habit during the National League and against Fermanagh it was really, really notable. They push Orn Lynch so high up the pitch it's on kickouts uh, and, and they get good joy from that. But if you look across the sort of the second division teams that they were coming up against and the goalies that they were coming against, begging is different. So how do they handle that? How do they allow for that? It would be, even against Fermanagh, twice Fermanagh had open goals to try and shoot at. They, they took it on once and, and made a bad job of it. But uh, against Monaghan, are, are they going to take that risk again? And that's a sort of a key component of Gallagher to really put the opposition on the back foot. The whole thing about Gallagher, like when you were down in, in a skill, uh, watching them against Fermanagh, he made a real point of pointing out to the dairy players, roaring in his unique style, uh, about Fermanon players that he didn't think have legs mm. and Rowan, particularly at Brenton Rogers to run at him, run at him, he doesn't have legs. So when you look at the likes of Darren Hughes, even when you look at the likes of Conor McManus, I think Gallagher will feel that Derry will have the legs on several of Monaghan's key men and he will want to expose that. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised that we hear him yelling once again on on the, at, at, at the weekend.
4: And the, and the other thing and is Kier McFaul is absolutely flying on training. I have that in good authority. So I love a fellow have... flying.
0: I love a fellow flying in training. Yeah, <laughs> it's but a it, cha- it's a proper championship rumor. Proper championship rumor. <laughs> so I
4: wouldn't be surprised we see him from the start this weekend. Um, you know you have him back from America. You have Ryan McInnesby landed back in Monaghan this week too. So maybe a bit soon for him. Maybe, but we could see him about the panel. But McFall, I think, is going to have a. I think Gallagher has such trust in him that he'll throw him right back in if he's moving as well as he reportedly is and that's just another powerful runner it's another foil to baggins kickouts to to the to the middle sector so monaghan are going to be so have to be so invented on then restarts because you know if you've got rogers glass mcfaller in that middle and mccluskey on the brakes it's lynch pushing up which he's doing so much more than he did last year when people were not completely convinced about what he was bringing as that goalkeeper it's a, it's a hell of a shield to try and pick your way through
0: mm. I watched a game between them last year actually Jackie I was mentioning earlier and like there was huge energy from Derry and they were like Juracell bunnies in the first half like it was a level of energy you now that was remarkable and it, and in an amateur sports context I, I am curious as to how sustainable it, it is in the long term I've even, we've even actually seen I think in a Derry context a little bit more evolution in that I don't think they're playing with that same fizz because I think they probably realised that it isn't sustainable. Now the game was a bit of a snakes and ladders to start with and then McKinless finished off an unbelievable move, scored a brilliant goal and obviously the O QD customary OTT celebrate, Gallagher celebration but it was 1-2 to a point after 10 minutes and Monaghan facing a big big problem now but they got a goal chance themselves a couple of minutes later Ethan Doherty by the way what an important player he is for Derry really really really, really significant player in terms of you know the amount of work that he gets through and what he's able to do in position out of position getting a hand in a block in a little flick here he's, he's very very significant but long story short I think Monaghan won't want to let this game get away from them early. They did what they always do, which is fought to the bitter end. And in typical Monaghan fashion, they got it back to, I think, about three minutes with about 15 minutes into the second half. Like They had 17 scores on the board to Derry's 15, which is good innings. But you can see three goals in any football match and your goose is cooked.
1: Yeah, big time. I don't think this one's going to be open and free-flowing, so uh, there's not going to be too many goals either, uh, <laughs> I suspect. Um, let's look with the other game in Ulster then on Sunday, Armagh down in Clonus at four o'clock. And I, I do wonder about Armagh, and uh, when you look at them and you think, okay, yeah, for all the progression they've made and for everything they've done over the last number of years, they still haven't actually gone further in the championship. They still haven't won an Ulster title. And you do think for Kieran McGeaney now, it's kind of I wouldn't say it's win or bust territory, but I would think that an Ulster title would be incredibly valuable to this team.
3: Yeah, I think so. I think whenever they were playing Galway in the National League, I was on, and and I mentioned that the Ulster title—it was put to me that the Ulster title is absolutely vital for our this year. I disagreed with it at the time, uh, because of the obviously the the round robin league. I don't think it's it's just as as make or break for them, but ha, ha, them having ended up getting relegated now to relegated and suffer a, a loss to Down. Like Down, in particular, if, if you look where the two teams are, Armagh should be several years ahead of Down. Kieran Maghini took over Armagh when they were in Division 3. Down are in Division 3 now. That's many years ago for Maghini. Many championship matches under his belt. Uh, Down are a, a, a young, very much developing side. So to to get relegated and to lose to Down, that is going to create psychological skeletons that you don't need uh, within your camp. So Arma, for me, you have to go out and win this game. And look, I, I expect them to to do so. I was really, really impressed with them against Cavana. I thought they were absolutely excellent. Yes, we, we can critique cavan I, I don't think cavan just got to the pitch of the game, which is very unlike them. Uh, but Arma were excellent. They just rediscovered that attacking energy that was so impressive last year. And then they've, they've retained that sort of defensive position uh, compactness that they were obviously working on during the national league they've got a few men back and they are looking they they are looking like a common team again
1: what what about down then Niall because I there's definitely something about this team and maybe it's the Kilku effect maybe it's Conor Laverty what he's done with them but for all that you know yeah Enda's right they're a division three team but they don't play like a division three team to be fair either like you know I think what they've done and the progression they've made has actually been quite significant
4: it has. It's been brilliant. Um, and there is absolutely that Kilku stamp on it. Um, we saw it two years ago when they won that Ulster under-20 title. We saw it again last night when they won another Ulster uh, under-20 title. Their work rate is off their charts, off the charts. And I have to say, watching the Down seniors, and I, I live just outside Newry, so I will see probably more of them than I do any other team, even as an normal man man. But the last couple of years you go and you're watching down and at times you looked at some players and you almost thought they were cheating. Um, They just weren't putting it all in. And I don't, I think there was instances when down players weren't putting everything on the line for the jersey. And that was reflected in their performances. You know, they had good managers there like James McCartan, Paddy Talley. These are good men, good coaches. Ian Rourke in with uh, McCartan, but weren't able to get a real tune out of them. But Laverty has embedded a really young hungry squad and it's been abundantly clear that if you're not willing to put everything on the lane you're not going to be a, a bird and simple as that and between the under 20s, dollar 20's has given them a great platform, uh, he's carried that in his senior team, very unlucky not to go up like a, a last gas goal against Romano although they obviously got a late goal themselves so as far as Darren's concerned, it's it's been an excellent campaign and it's well I was going to say it's a shame as an RMF fan I'm quite happy that Oren Murdoch isn't playing at the weekend because of that rule. Because I've mentioned this in the podcast before, mm. that is a player that's going right to the top. He is absolutely superb. But I, I'm I'm a bit nervous about the game. I think if Armagh play anywhere from seven out of 10 plus, they should get over the line. But I don't see any sort of walkover. I think this down team's just so industrious now. Not something we always uh, associated with down, but there's a style of play there that makes them very difficult and they're not going to be swatted the size easy. So. I, I think they are my attacks too much. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the, the players they're bringing on, like if they bring on Ray and O'Neill, they might hold him under serve again. And if there's any panic going in the last quarter, that should be enough to get them over the line. But it's a really interesting game and it'll be a real indicator of where down are, uh, you know, how they did in Division 3. This will give us a real indication if they are having made that progress because I think we oh, we can all agree, Donny Gould just weren't at it at the weekend.
0: You're, <laughs> not, you're, you're, not your, you're not the only one nervous about the game. <laughs> 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 no, uh
3: cork supporters yeah uh, <laughs> they'll be fair
4: yeah cabin get knocked out and then down come along <clears throat>
1: yeah. yeah that's the fear but i do i suppose Arma. you know it's funny to hear an Armagh man admitting that they're nervous rory because i i do think the progression that down have made you can't ignore it like are they right to be slightly edgy about this one
0: Well, there'll be a derby feel to it that will probably be a leveler to a certain extent. And, um, yeah, I think they, but I, I suppose they're just at a different stage of their development. I mean, it would be a, if you go through a league campaign where you've been played in kind of fits and starts, get relegated, go out and put what I would consider two reasonably good championship performances together, have an opportunity to go to an Ulster final for the first time in 15 years and blow that. I'm not sure if that's exactly like that to me. And I know, and I do accept Enda's point where the round robin is going to be where our mass season is ultimately judged. But There's a really good opportunity to for an Ulster title here from an Armagh perspective. Surely that's a big carrot. And that's what we're hoping for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think for for Armagh it'll be critical. They have to come out and start that game early. Like yeah. Down to to be honest, down against Donegal down in the first half were like a division three side. Some of the mistakes they made, some of the turnovers made were really, really cheap. Donegal got their goal really easily. Donegal gets loads of Good shooting chances, good attacking platforms, and just made a hames of them. So it was more Donegal were poor in the first half. And the key would then down gained the energy and then down came. And whenever down gain that energy and come, they come with an enthusiasm that's very, very hard to stop. For Armagh, they gotta get out of the gates early, put this bit, game to bed early. And I think it I actually expected to be a wee bit comfortable for Armagh. Would be expecting that of them. We'll 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 see what they produce. The,
4: the Cavan yeah. match was big in that regard and because Arma have always looked like a side they haven't really dealt with being favourites too well in McGuinness reign like the loss to down in 2017 in Uri, uh down with the Lady and Burns and that's a match they never should have lost they played them in 2019 again were going in as heavy favourites and it took extra time and, and Andrew Mernon fisted goal right. went to Cal and it was only the second time they ever won a championship match at Kingspan Breffney and they were favourites and as you say, they started on the front foot. There's no Ryan O'Neill in the team, and there's question marks about whether they could cope. But in Andrew Murnin and Turbett, um, even when Ryan was there, they've been the two best forwards this year, like no doubt. And just the confidence to take that the the, the really comfortably took care of Cavan without O'Neill's influence, although that was some say it at the end, to be fair, uh, should give them real confidence going in. Uh, in the first 15 minutes, you say uh, the first 15 minutes on Sunday would be fairly crucial.
1: Yeah. Really looking forward to that Ulster Football Championship uh, at its finest for sure. Let's move on to Leinster then and the semi finals. Okay, we'll talk about Dublin in a minute, but I think the other game is actually the more interesting one, Enda, because when you look loud and awfully, you've got loud chasing first uh, Leinster final appearance since 2010, awfully 2007. I don't. For whoever wins this, it's going to be a magnificent story to get to play Sam Maguire football to get to a Leinster Championship uh, final. I think it's just going to be an amazing game um, for one of these teams.
3: Yeah, for for me, this could potentially be the game of the weekend. Here, I think the the energy, enthusiasm, the positivity—like you can't beat. That's why sometimes the provincial club championships are so so good because you've got both teams coming in on an absolute crest of a wave, and then you you, you get a really great game of football. Both Louth and Awfully are there. Uh, the Leinster Championship, like it is, for all it's faults, it is the best second-place championship in the country. You know, if, if you remove Dublin then below that, there's brilliant games going on. Yeah. Uh, Louth, obviously, have sort of put themselves out there. It's the second place team. they finished highest of all the Leinster teams, obviously, in the league, bar, bar Dublin. Uh, so they see themselves rightfully as the top ranked team outside of Dublin and Leinster awfully were disappointed to go to Division three uh, a couple of years ago they felt it a pretty poor campaign they're a very young squad at that stage they expected to bounce back up and that hasn't really happened for them yet but that win over Meath was absolutely uh massive for them like the the sheer passion we we all know how they've come through as a as a team this year uh but that seems to have galvanized them their their energy since that has, has been remarkable. Uh, they carry a real pace they're very very mobile team not the physically biggest uh, and i think that's that's where loud like Loud they're pretty physically imposing particularly in around the middle third uh so, but a cracking game. I think both teams will be going at this hammer and tongue Awfully, obviously, won it in the first half against Mead. Mead were asleep at the wheel; like it was so loose and so open. It will not be like that against uh, against Louth, who, albeit, were very poor in their own first half against West I would expect them to be coming out with absolutely eyes focused on that on that length, their final prize.
1: Yeah, I, I like. I agree with Ender, Rory. I I think this is the game of the weekend in in a lot of ways.
0: In a football context, uh, because it has a bit of romance attached to it as well, given mm-hmm. how long both counties have been out of the limelight in a uh, Leinster final. But like, they, it, it's it, it's a hard one to call. Uh, you will have an element of tradition. I mean, awfully do have a good tradition. I think that tradition is important, as we know. But I suppose, like I think Ender's point is absolutely spot on. Lothar, you know, for the small county, they have a lot of big men they're actually quite physically imposing and i don't think they've any injury worries going into it it's a case of they see they're probably going into it as well maybe with less pressure on them uh, given the fact that they regardless of where what happens they can um they know that they're going to be in the sam maguire round robin whereas offaly probably have to chase that a little bit more Now whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing is, is a discussion for another day so I think all those little key factors I think Mickey Hartle you know, have them primed and ready for it. Nobody loves the big day more than Mickey as well. And that's why I think he will go after this Leinster final as much as people might feel, oh, look, it's a bit of a booby prize because you're going into face more than likely, you know, the the big blue giant in Dublin in the final. So look, I think, but it is nicely poised. You've awfully come in with that spirit as well, obviously because of the tragedy that happened with them this year and they're on a different type of mission and a different type of journey. Um they've got a lot of very good young, quick players, a lot of pace around their team, but they do lack a little bit of physique. And given the fact that, like, you know, look, I think in Croke Park, yeah, it's kind of a difficult one to call. But yeah, you probably edge towards Louth. And we're certainly hoping. Yeah. the The one
3: issue when I was looking through... Like, like, like against uh, Westmeath, Louth used nine forwards. Now, that's nine forwards of the course of the game, but even the, the latest used of those forwards was still on the pitch for 15 minutes. Only two of them scored from play. Uh, Sam Mulroy got one four from freeze, but that's the, the contribution from play of the Louth general forwards would be a source of, of concern. Uh, I thought Grimes was brilliant, to be fair. a. Uh, but Awfully will know they have to be really, really disciplined in defense and cover the runners because so much of Louth's damage comes from men coming at pace that then can open the wee openings or draw the free. And it's, it's critical for Awfully to try and mind that. But awfully the sheer energy that they showed, I'd be thinking they're they're going to get past anybody. But of any any manager that's going to have his team playing with high energy, particularly after that he's got the perfect hook uh, in terms of their poor first half performance again, in Westmead. And I think with if if Louth had been good throughout the Westmeath game, I think it would have been more difficult. But Mickey will not miss his chance to have his team praying for this one. I, so I think with that, they'll be able to negate that energy that hopefully is coming from.
4: I, I was I was trying just for come on. I was trying to work out managers who've taken counties to provincial or to, yeah provincial finals in different provinces. And Mickey obviously is trying to go for that. I, I come up with uh, Mickey Morn. The late Liam Kearns, Mikko, uh, Jack O'Connor and Banty. Um, I'm sure there's a few more out there as well. But we party, pod, pod party here. Poddy, of course, of course. We have two managers this weekend. McGeany's trying to do it and uh, Mickey's trying to do it, you know, uh, provincial finals in different provinces. But Mickey, you said it there, Rory, the big day. Uh, you're spot on. Well, like Sam Mulroy, is, as far as I can see, it seems like he's been rushed back. Uh, because he is meant to be a few weeks away and yet he's thrown into a, a Lancer Championship quarterfinal, even though loud, although ma- not mathematically, are pretty certainly playing in the Sam Maguire race. So they seem to be going all out to make a provincial final. And they're probably, one of, they're probably for me, maybe the only side that would give Dublin half a contest in a, in a Lancer final. But uh, he looks sharp. He looks sharp. Uh, he set up a goal chance, took the penalty, missed the goal chance himself. But the fact that Malloy's been thrown right back into the mix to me is a sign that you know they really are targeting this Leinster championship or certainly a Leinster final anyway. So, uh I, I for me, Laird also just to, to edge it. I've just yeah. I've,
3: I've just realised we're all going to feature pretty prominently now in the Kildare yeah. preparations because <laughs> we've just. Spoke about the low, the awfully game framed by who's playing Dublin at the final.
1: Uh, Well, look, um, let's, let's talk about that then, Enda, because I do think for Kildare, the anomaly of playing against Dublin is that every time you go even into a Leinster semi-final or whatever stage they tend to meet them in Leinster, nobody is giving them any chance at all. So if you're a manager in that position, how do you even prepare for a game like that, particularly when you saw what the Dubs did to Leash at the weekend?
3: Absolutely, and particularly with what they done on Kildare last year. Like Kildare last year had a credible division one campaign. We're unfortunate to be
0: they beat Dublin up,
3: had, had had the new management team coming in, and there was still massive positivity about this, the, the dream team. Uh, and with a division one campaign that seemed to sort of support that notion that this 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 could be something here, and then Dublin went out and, and wiped the floor with them. So to then come to this year where the management team has lost that gloss because of the, the, the poor Division Two campaign. We, we've all sort of assumed there's issues within the camp or something. They're not pulling just what you said about down, Nile, where you sense a team absolutely pulling together and giving everything they have for the cause. Kildare, they're, uh, they, they're, their performances have just been so poor. A couple of really heavy home defeats never, never speaks well for, for where a team is at. So to give them a chance this year, It seems to be stretching the the, the boundaries of credibility, particularly when Dublin seemed to be in a much better place than they were last year. Uh, Men coming back into the ranks that, frankly, they probably didn't really need, but they're going to be a hell of a lot stronger for them coming back in. And Kildare, obviously struggling, but look, it can galvanize a the squad. They have almost nothing to to lose in this game. Nobody, as we have just sort of evidenced, nobody's given them a chance. They did get key men back into the game during that that, that uh, match against Wicklow, so they are coming with a strong team. And as has been said, to 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 death. They have the talent, they have the talent to put together a really strong team. They have lots of really good footballers, physical, athletic, uh, great skill sets, particularly up front. Uh, But the, the disparity between the two teams seems much greater than last year and last year didn't end well.
0: Like they won the under twenty title the other night, Jackie to beat Dublin mm-hmm. in the final after extra time. and Carlo and a reasonably good side. I know I think across the board at that particular age group this year actually Down were impressive last night and possibly the best team in it. I would suggest maybe, you know, um, heading into the last four. But um, their record, the point, the record is their Kildare's record at underage level against Dublin has been very good for the last couple of years. They've beaten them regularly at under twenty at minor level. But that, for some reason, hasn't really translated up at the senior level, and that's the key. That's the big. That's the big next challenge for them, and I suppose that's ultimately where they're, you know, they're going to find it a little sticky on on Sunday. I mean, I looked at the game against between the two in the early stages of the league, and they conceded an early goal, just like they did in the championship last year, and in fairness. They could have down tools as well, but they didn't. They stuck in there and they made it a bit of a dogfight. Now, it was January football, obviously, and it was lashing rain, freezing cold, howling winds. Very different, I would imagine, maybe to what we're going to be facing on Sunday coming. But like, they should look to try and at least make this competitive and get in Dublin's faces. But you would have to say Dublin, given where you know they're at now and the kind of scores they're racked, they racked up the last day and where they are in comparison to 12 months ago with the players back are just at a different level.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I think it is, Niall. Like, look at this Dublin team. Look what they have back. Look at the way they're playing, the free-flowing football. They're a better team this year than they were last year, aren't they?
4: Yeah, yeah. I don't share Rory's confidence that we mightn't have lashing rain at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, listen, it's. Everton's
3: just pretty gloomy down in Cork, does yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 so, yeah, 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 That's
4: it's, for sure. uh, it's, it, They're going for their 18th Leinster final in 19 years. Their only defeat in that time was uh, the 2010 the Meade, which was a, a crazy early season. But when you look at it, Jackie, Meade hit five goals that day. You know, it was Freak. a crazy match. And for Kildare to have any chance this weekend, they're probably going to have to hit a minimum of three goals. And just that isn't happening. Uh, Dublin just, you know, just seemed to move through the gears nicely in the lead. They're quite prepared to start, uh, ramped it up perfectly, got bodies back, got speed and clubs in back, which is still hard to believe. But uh, they're just this. The did left. that
0: happen? Did that actually happen? I don't know, <laughs> I think we might all
4: imagine it, but uh, yeah, it's it's, it's it's a pretty sad state of affairs verse that you're probably going, if Kildare's staying in seven or eight points, they're probably doing okay, which probably speaks more volumes about the Leinster Championship and the the in between, and, and yeah, take Dublin out and it's a fantastic championship, but it's just, uh, I just say no way Dublin don't win this comfortably.
1: Yeah, totally agree.
3: It's yeah. it's almost back to that time, like Dublin, realistically, are competing with themselves. You look at the boys that came off the bench, in the last game, Hard, Merchant, Costello, and Rock. So for the players that are actually playing, that's who they're competing with. That that that's where the drive will come on. There can be no now slipping standards. Desi Farrell is now sitting with all these people now who haven't come back in, and that just has going to push everybody on, uh, and they're not going to want to start losing their places. So the pressure on them to perform, but. Uh, Dublin, absolutely strong favourites. I just can't write off Kildare completely. They're, they're, there's too much talent there. But if ever their team is less than the sum of their parts, that's them at the minute. But you just uh, will will put an F, but Dublin will win it comfortably, you'd imagine.
0: Just one question. Niall, you're good on this. The game between Offaly and Louth is on beforehand,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Mm-hmm. And Kildare, so if Offaly win. Do Kildare take the field knowing that if they're beaten, they're playing in the Talchin Cup? Uh, well, no, they won't.
4: What well, the lesser, it'll depend on the down, the need down to. Sorry, no, sorry, apologies, apologies. They're uh, next,
0: they're next on the chopping block.
4: They're next in the chopping block, yeah,
0: yeah. So they will. So if Offaly win, if Offaly beat well, in the first throw in, which is a quarter to two, Kildare will take the field for the four o'clock throw in, knowing we lose this. And And we're heading for Tally Cup as well.
4: Yeah, so, will that will
0: that add anything to the fixture, lads? Uh,
4: it'll probably uh, depress the scene a bit for a bit further. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm running out to Dublin, knowing your seats or your feet's already pretty much sealed. Um, I don't know if it would spark this incredible uh, performance, Rory. To be honest, but uh, it's a good point. It's a good point. We're clutching. We're clutching. <laughs> but... they,
1: they they want that, Rory, and an extra fifteen players as well.
4: I think. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. it, yeah. It's uh, like technically Laird could still get dragged into the Darren Kildare and awfully win but it's uh yeah. Yeah. you get good odds on that now to be fair.
0: Yeah. I do it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh well look lads thoroughly enjoyed your company and really looking forward to a cracking weekend of matches here's hoping uh we get a few closer ones than what you boys are, are planning here. But let's see. Uh thanks a million and Nile Rory uh for another brilliant week and we'll talk to you next week.